US-led airstrikes in Syria have intensified in a bid to prevent forces from the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant, known as ISIS, from taking over the Syrian-Turkish border town of Kobani. Turkey's president warned on Tuesday that the town was about to fall, but has been reluctant to offer military assistance. On the line with me is Daniel Dombey, FT correspondent in Ankara, to explain the Turkish government's position. Dan, you would have thought that Turkey would be desperate to halt the advance of ISIS along its border with Syria. Why the reluctance to intervene? I think there's reluctance for a number of reasons, and this really underlines the quandary that Turkey has found itself in, an incredibly painful quandary. On the one hand, no country can welcome a group like ISIS commanding 250 kilometers or so of its border, which is what ISIS threatens to do if it takes Kobani. But before that ISIS is fighting Kobani, is allied with one of Turkey's oldest, most long-standing and most bitter foes, the Kurdistan Workers' Party, or PKK, which has been enmeshed with Turkey in a bloody battle for the last three decades, which has claimed some 40,000 lives. So Turkey is extremely reluctant to see the PKK take control of that area as well, or maintain control. Added to which, Turkey has other concerns. On the one hand, it says that it is perhaps the country most at risk of an ISIS counterattack by virtue of that extensive border, by virtue of the fact that Turkey is going to be staying here even after the U.S. loses interest in the combat, by virtue of the fact that uh, Turkey has a large tourism business which ISIS could attack. So it's very, very aware of its vulnerability. You would also have to bear in mind that uh, it's not quite clear what Turkey is even being asked to do. If the suggestion is that Turkey deploy ground troops, its argument is, well, nobody else is deploying ground troops. And in any case, the Turks say, the fundamental concern is not ISIS, it argues. The fundamental concern is the regime of Bashar al-Assad, which it says breeds and in times, at times has colluded with extremist jihadist groups like ISIS. All of this is extremely unfortunate for Turkey, not least because it's fueled a narrative which Turkey itself intensely denies, that it wants ISIS to beat the uh, Kurdish fighters of Kamali, that in some sense it's allied with ISIS. The Turks have vociferously denied this at every opportunity. But the sight of Turkish inaction, however well explained, on the border, with Turkish tanks massed, but just watching Kobani fighting for its survival, has led to bitter rifts and strife within Turkey itself. How has what is happening in Kobani affected events in Turkey itself? Well, you've seen this very, very dramatically. For the first time in over two decades, we saw tanks on the streets of Turkish cities overnight. There was a uh, night of violence which was worse than all the months of unrest last year when there were anti-government protests. We have at least 12, perhaps significantly more, fatalities overnight as Kurds have called in uh, sometimes violent demonstrations to Turks to aid Kobani or at least not hinder the passage of uh, weapons to the Kurdish defenders. And they in turn have been fighting with not just the police, but with radical Islamist groups, with nationalists. So we now have a scene of virtual curfew in a number of uh, major Kurdish cities in southeastern Turkey, of tanks on the streets, and of real concern about the social fabric of Turkey. What is the scope for a Turkish rapprochement with the Kurds, who are, after all, on the front line of the battle against ISIS? Well, this is one of the fundamental problems. The biggest success of Turkish foreign policy in recent years is to improve relations with the Kurds of northern Iraq. And this is part of a broader picture where Turks and Kurds together, turning the back on those 30 years of war, form an oasis of stability in a Middle East which is in other places really under flames. Turkey's relations with northern Iraq have prospered beyond belief in the last four or five years. It's an area of enormous energy resources. It's the most stable part of Iraq. 
and Turkey has acted as its protector, its gateway to the markets of the outside world. But the plight of Tabani seems to trump everything. And the Kurds, not just in Turkey itself, but in northern Iraq, are extremely angry with Turkey, with what they see as its uh, passive and abstractive attitude towards the fighting in Kobani. What do the other members of the US-led coalition think of the PKK? And are they exerting pressure on Ankara to change its position? Absolutely. There are two separate questions there. On the one hand, there's been an absolutely concerted effort by the US to get Turkey to do more on ISIS. The US had a lot of specific demands. It wanted Turkey to close down what it saw as a jihadi highway of foreign fighters crossing over to Syria and joining groups like ISIS from Turkish territory. It wanted Turkey to crack down on smuggling, which they think enriches ISIS's coffers, perhaps as much as a million or two, or sometimes even people say three million dollars a day. It wanted Turkey to do more to stop the recruitment of ISIS fighters. Turkey's done quite a bit in some of those regards. I've seen for myself the crackdown on foreign fighters and indeed the crackdown on fuel smuggling. But the situation in Syria remains desperate and statements of U.S. exasperation have mounted. It's a continuing campaign. President Barack Obama brought this issue up with President Tayyip Erdogan at the NATO summit last month. The Secretaries of State and Defense, John Kerry and Chuck Hagel, followed that up with personal trips to Ankara. And we see a high-level U.S. delegation coming to Ankara again on Thursday and Friday this week to make this case. But it remains unclear what Turkey could actually do to really change the dynamic and equation of a battle. There are long-standing calls for Turkey to open up the U.S. military base of Injilik, which is only 500 kilometers or so away from the ISIS self-styled capital of Raqqa, Syria, for attack flights, and to do more in terms of taking part in the coalition. But those aren't magic bullets. And the idea that Turkish troops are going to be committed to a ground war remains, I think, very far-fetched. Turkish public opinion is unified on very few issues, but no one wants to really get involved in a new Middle Eastern war. Neither the government does, nor the mostly secularist opposition, nor indeed the Kurds. The last thing they want to see is the Turkish soldiers they've been battling for three decades moving into their areas of northern Syria. And this is where the role of the PKK comes in. Because it's not just the Turks who classify the PKK as a terrorist organization. It's also the US and the EU. So any calls for Turkey to allow the supply of weapons to a group that's affiliated with the PKK or to provide such aid itself are hard to make since that would be illegal not just in Turkish law, but in US and EU law as well. Does ISIS, in your view, represent any real threat to Turkish security and stability? ISIS represents a huge threat to Turkish security and stability. This is Turkey's real dilemma. It is damned if it does, it's damned if it doesn't. The argument it makes is that if it takes a more active, more visible role in the coalition, that's exposing itself to retaliation, compared with which the Western fear of foreign fighters is as nothing. As one Turkish official said to me, you're worried about a few hundred fighters here or there returning to your countries and plotting against your governments and carrying out terrorist atrocities there. But we have thousands of these people on our borders, and it is not a border that you can lock, just as you can't lock the U.S.-Mexican border. But then the other argument is, if Turkey accepts that for the long or medium term it has a jihadist neighbor with a vision of a caliphate that does not respect the borders of 100 years ago that separate Turkey from the Arabic world, that also is not a prospect Turkey wants to contemplate. Finally, how is Turkey coping with the flood of refugees that have been coming across the border? This is a huge problem in Turkey. Turkey says that its efforts in this regard have not been at all respected or appreciated. It says it spent $4 billion on housing and accommodating them. It says it spent an extra $500 million providing aid to refugees who are still in Syria itself. 
There's a real sense of resentment among many members of the Turkish population about the Syrian refugees. Some of them are housed in camps, which are, the UN says, some of the best refugee camps in the world. But because the Turks thought that this was going to be a short-lived conflict, as did many others, only a minority of the refugees are housed in those camps because they can't afford to put them all in the camps. So you see Syrians on every street in many Turkish cities. This is something that really adds to a sense of strain. It also adds to the Turkish argument that it would be better to have safe havens within Syria so that these people could be fed and watered and housed there. But that also opens up a huge can of worms. Again, it's very hard to see how the US or anybody else is going to commit to policing safe areas within Syria against attacks from ISIS, from the Assad regime or whoever else. It remains a huge dilemma. The people are coming non-stop. Thanks very much, Dan. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.